Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is a Dude Studios production. And hey, I'm the dude. doing this show because uh, September 11th was a night that I had to spend bartending uh, this is going to be a little bit different show than I usually do and 
this this is something that I'm going to take very seriously. Um, I played John Lennon's Imagine just now, just because that song is probably the most peaceful song, most peace, mo- the most uh, peace encouragement that I've ever heard come through a song. And uh, the song has a lot more meaning nowadays than it used to. And I think we need that meaning some more. But September 11th, 2001, uh, I was working two jobs at the time. I was working for the local newspaper. And once a week I was bartending. And uh, that, uh, that morning, I just ran the early edition of the newspaper, got home... Uh, around four o'clock, went to bed around five, uh, West Coast time, and went to sleep. I was still living with my parents at the time, you know, fiddle around with the computer for a little while and watch an episode or two of whatever sitcom. Then I went to bed. About eight thirty in the morning, I think. All of a sudden, I hear the house phone ring. Now, at this point in time in my life, I had my own cell phone. And and anybody who needed to get a hold of me at any point in time knew enough to call my cell phone. Most most of my friends didn't uh, know my home number anymore. So I heard the phone ringing and I thought, well, that'll go to the answering machine. uh, Because it's probably some solicitor or something like that for my father. And I heard the phone stop. And I thought, okay, I can go back to sleep. Then all of a sudden, my cell phone rang. I thought, oh, this is going to be serious. So I quickly reached for my cell phone, saw it was my dad, and answered it. And I said, hello? And my dad said, turn on the TV. And I said, okay, what am I looking for? Or what channel? And he goes, doesn't matter. And I said, what am I looking for? And he goes, One of the World Trade Towers is on fire and the other one's gone. And I, like, you're kidding me. So I turned on the TV, the first channel I turned on, local news. Uh, Well, by this point it wasn't local news because every single feed was getting the same feed from CNN. And I'm looking at it and I see exactly what my dad described. Tower 1 was gone. Tower 2 was uh, still there. I went, oh my god, what am I watching? And he, he said, uh, a plane ran, in, uh, ran into the World Trade Towers. And all of a sudden, as we're talking, the second tower went down. And I'm just floored. And, you know, even at, you know, two hours of sleep, and all of a sudden I'm seeing this on TV. And I remember vividly telling my dad, this doesn't seem real. This seems like a movie. And he says, I have never seen anything like this before in my life. It doesn't seem real to me either. And so I sat there and I watched it. And I told my dad, well, I'm going to watch this for a little while and uh, try to take it in. Uh I'll probably go back to sleep after this, so I'll talk to you a little bit later. And he says, all right. 
we hang up and I'm sitting there watching it. And then all of a sudden I saw the famous footage of the first plane hitting the tower. And, uh, it maybe even still to this day, if I were to go back and look at that footage, I would still be floored on the way it looked because being a big fan of action movies, maybe I've become complacent when it comes to tragedies such as that. I mean, and I'm sitting there and I thought, I wonder if anybody else doesn't know about this. And I took it upon myself to call my best friend at the time and said, are you awake? And he says, uh, actually I was asleep and I said, I'm really sorry for waking you up, but you got to turn on the TV. And so he says, okay, what channel? And I said, doesn't matter. So he turns on the TV and, uh, he sees, he says, what the hell am I looking at? And, you know, he was looking at the same thing I was. We sat, we talked about it for a few minutes and it was a scary feeling, honestly. Uh, I mean, me being on the opposite coast from New York, still it hit me a little bit. But most of me just couldn't believe it was real. I was just, my God, you know, who, what would happen? You know, uh, you know, who is, uh, you know, who would do such a thing? And... I, it, it was one of those things where I started going back in my head thinking, has anything in history ever happened like this? And, you know, you know, when you grow up and you're reading the history books and you don't experience it yourself, you take most of that stuff worth a grain of salt. I mean, I'm sure my grandfather, when he heard first heard about Pearl Harbor, it hit him as hard as that hit me. And... Uh, when JFK was shot, I'm sure that hit my father's, uh, much as this occurrence hit me, but I was still sitting there thinking this cannot be real. And I stayed up, I watched news for, I don't know, maybe another hour or two and decided, well, I gotta, uh, I gotta go to work tonight. So I better try to get some sleep and maybe we'll, try to, uh, this will all make sense after I uh, sleep for a little while. And like probably most of you after seeing uh, something like that, it's tough to sleep because you don't know what's happening, what's going on, what's going to happen next. And I managed to get some sleep. And at that point I became, and when I got, got up, got clean, cleaned up, got ready to go to the bar to do my shift. I started wondering, you know, what's today going to be like? And I mean, there so much has happened already. And, uh, you know, not tr- just not really thinking about anything, anyone, anybody in particular, not even myself. I wasn't even worried about uh, what kind of money I was going to make that night. And so... As I'm heading, uh, as I'm heading towards my car, when I get out of the house, I stand still for a second and listen to, listen to the world. And I just stopped and listened. And I was absolutely amazed how still and quiet everything was. And 
it was a creepy feeling because you hear cars, you hear trucks, you hear airplanes, you hear, uh, you know, people and, you know, living in the suburbs. I just stood there for a second and I just listened. I heard nothing. And that feeling scared me. And so I thought, well, better get to work. Get in my car, start driving. And I didn't pay much attention to what was going on on the radio because, uh, you know, I wasn't sure how, if how I was going to handle it. I mean, normally I'm not an emotional kind of guy, especially when it doesn't. Well, it did affect me because it affected the United States. It affected the land where I live. But I was all the way on the West Coast and everything was happening on the East Coast. And uh, on the way on the way to work that night, uh, I that's where I found out about the Pentagon and the fourth uh, the fourth plane that never made it to its destination. And I was sitting there going, "My God, it's it's just you know this is gonna freak everybody out." And you know this, I mean, because. The last thing that I want to see in the world is full-blown panic. And it's horrible, absolutely horrible to see people scared. And especially in groups. One person, it's bad enough. But when you see a group of people that are lost, scared, it's just heartbreaking. It's emotional and it's one of those things where you wish you could do something about it, but there's not a thing you can do about it. You feel helpless. And at least that's the way it felt for me. I make it to the bar and this is about four 30 in the afternoon. And there are six people in my bar, just six, nobody eating dinner in the dining room area, just six people sitting at the bar with a drink in front of him, even the manager was standing off the side of the bar, glued to the TV. And I uh, have this horrible, horrible habit of never taking anything seriously. And, it, you know, it's a defense mechanism. I make jokes when I'm uncomfortable, when I'm scared. Uh, you know, it's just the way I am. And I'm trying my hardest. I'm practically stabbing myself in the leg with my ballpoint pen to keep from saying a joke. And I walk up to the manager and I uh, said, everything okay? And he just shook his head and gave, gave me that look like, oh my God. And I said, all right. And uh, I took off my jacket, took off my hat and uh, got ready for my shift. And... I had little to no business that day, which to me was expected. Like I said, there's a lot of people lost, a lot of people scared, and a lot of people demanding information. Why did this happen? And why did it happen to us? And so everybody was at home. They were all with their families. They were all on the internet, all glued to their TVs because everybody... was demanding information 
Why did this happen? have to happen? And I was, I continued watching with my customers. You know, I tried to give them the most attention that I possibly could because I wanted to people to know that when you come to my bar, this is a safe place. You can go, come here, be safe. Go ahead and talk about your feelings on this. Today, I'm not going to try to blow you off. Today, say your piece. And I didn't hear any stories from anybody that uh, had family or friends in New York during that point in time. Um, so it's not like they were sitting next to their cell phones, dying, waiting for a phone call. And I'm, I was so tempted half the time to ch- just turn the TVs off because I couldn't use uh, ESPN, VH1, or MTV as a scapegoat for whatever crap's happening on TV because all the channels were all showing the same thing. Everybody was doing coverage of the World Trade Towers. And it felt like that, okay, you got uh, you, you can have this today, but, uh, you know, let's... You know, these people are scared right now. We need to calm them down. And that was an extremely sober night for me. I'm not saying, I'm saying sober as in I wasn't making jokes. I wasn't making light of the situation. I was just there. And it was like, uh, you know, if you want to talk about it, I'll talk about it with you. If you're having trouble with it, just, you know, tell me what I can do and I'll try to help you out because there's not much I can do. It's, I, I uh, was sitting there through that shift, sitting wondering, you know, uh, where the superheroes are at that I grew up, you know, would Superman have stopped that? Uh, would uh, the Avengers flown in and made sure that didn't happen? And it didn't take much for me to all of a sudden turn around and look at my TV or the TV that was in the bar and see police officers running full speed into the mess, fire trucks just blasting through the city and, you know, firemen running into the uh, running into neighboring buildings, into the Twin Towers uh, and before the collapse. And I thought, they're the superheroes. That's the ones we need right now. That's the ones the world needs right now to get through this mess. And it was tough to watch because at that point in time, the news was showing anything and everything they possibly could, any little bit of coverage they could possibly find. And unfortunately, the image still... Uh, disturbs me to this day watching people try to escape the World Trade Towers uh, from 40, 50 stories up and uh, I, I can barely talk about it but the New York Fire Department and the New York Police Department they kicked into gear They're, this that was their moment that was their job 
and they went to work. And uh, so at that point, I started realizing, well, the world doesn't need Captain America right now. The world doesn't need Batman, Superman. The world needs the fire department. The world, we need each other, really. Because I saw people, regular, everyday people, grabbing other people off the street and running them out of harm's way. I saw, uh, you know, people running over to the American Red Cross, uh, going in there into hospitals. They were kicking into high gear at the hospitals. The fire department, police department, doctors, they all had one agenda to get ever as many people as they could safe and just uh they did amazing job under the circumstances and the circumstances were terrorism and the and it worked we were all terrified and it the shock wave started in new york and it echoed everywhere I don't care who you are, where you were, it echoed everywhere. The whole world knew about it. And towards the end of the night, I the people started to, uh, this is a horrible word to describe it, become, uh, become complacent to all the news coverage. But it's it's a horrible word, but it's true. And they started saying things. This was after... Uh, the announcement that uh, bin Laden was involved and they started think, saying things like we're going on a Stanny hunt. And I, I was like, guys, let's calm down. Uh, let's have a drink, play some music, get, uh, get the jukebox going. And because I start to worry when people uh, uh, are all of a sudden, uh, start to think, okay, grieving is over, time to get even. And unfortunately for the, uh, our president at the time, uh, George Jr., uh, when he made his announcement that he was going to get uh, get even for this, that's the way that people took it. And I'm, I'm a bartender. Let me remind everybody here that I am a bartender that will not talk about politics We'll not talk about religion because it causes too many fights. Uh, there have been too many senseless acts of violence because of in the name of God or in the name of uh, your whoever your political leader at that time is. And so it's not I'm not saying that I don't believe in something. You should always believe in something. It doesn't matter what you believe in. Just believe in something. And you don't have to tell people what it is. Because it's yours. You, yourself, you believe in it. And I'm, I start pointing out some of the heroes on the news. Fire department getting kids out of uh, places. Uh, police officers redirecting people. And it just... It was... Uh, in the darkest hour, that was humanity's brightest moment because there was no selfishness anymore. 
It was, we've all got to help each other. A lot of the people that usually came into my bar that night actually uh, were out donating blood or sending money or doing whatever they could uh, as, as much as they could from as far away as we were. And so that made me feel good. And it became a huge pride uh, by the end of the night. Uh, there was a huge pride that I felt because everybody was out there helping. It wasn't, uh, just, I'm scared, you know, what's, uh, what's going to happen next. A lot of people just jumped up and said, let's get to work. Okay. I'm done being scared. Let's get to work. Let's repair this mess. And so by the end of the night, I started feeling a little bit better, but still a lot of answers by the end of the night that I wanted were unanswered. And every time I asked for an answer, I would get an opinion, not an answer. And so it became a moment for me to search for my own answers. And to this day, I don't know if I have the right answers, and but at this point in time, I'm kind of comfortable with it. I did have one friend, an old grade school friend, that was in New York during that uh, during that time. He made it. Uh, he he's he was alive. He was not injured, but he was working uh, working nearby near the Twin Towers, and. I, uh, about a year later, I talked to him about it. I hadn't talked to him in years, but all of a sudden we ran in, uh, we ran into each other and I asked him, I said, man, what happened? And he's, he said it was incredible. It just all of a sudden everything stopped and, uh, he see he saw the panic he saw the smoke he saw all the debris flying everywhere and in his mind he was like what are you going to do where are you going to go uh we're in the middle of new york what direction can i run where i'll be safe i have no idea so essentially he froze nothing made sense to him and so he's like well, there's no point in running to my apartment because, you know, uh, you know, whatever might happen there. Uh, if I try to run down the street, I might get trampled, run over by a car by another scared person. And he that he proved that he was also scared and confused, but in a completely different way that I never thought that he was capable of. And I was happy. Because I'd been friends with the guy since the second grade. And that was years, years before. And he made he made it out of there safe. And he was back home by that time with his friends a year later. With his friends, with his family. And it, uh, it gave a little bit of satisfaction. Uh... Every single one of you that may be listening to this podcast right now may have your own opinion on what happened and why it happened, but that's not what I want to talk about. 
And this episode of Hey Bartender Podcast is a tribute to the people uh, that went into action a lot, the people we lost, uh, and how people have grown since then how it how we handle things and that was the most scared that i have ever seen a nation in my life of course you know i don't hear about other nations that much because i don't watch the news local stuff basically what i stick with but as a nation as the united states goes that was the most scared that i have ever seen Everybody in my vicinity. I mean, and it was also really creepy for about a week. You didn't hear anything in the sky. You didn't hear anything on the ground. People, a lot of uh, public buildings were put on shutdown just in case. And for a guy like me, that isn't trying to point the finger at anybody. Would love to understand what's going on, but uh, just wants to get himself and every el- everybody else past that moment so we can continue with our lives. And, uh, you know, it, it was the weirdest feeling ever. And I hope never to feel that again. Uh, Sure, uh, right after that, right after September 11th, uh, I'd, uh, I had gone home that night. Uh, I had really didn't have anybody to talk to at that point in time because I got home around 4 or 5 in the morning. Parents were already asleep. Uh, all my friends were scattered. Uh, we didn't get together and go to Denny's like we usually do. Um didn't have a girlfriend at the time and I uh, so I was left left sitting there in my thoughts I was like is it going to happen again well you can't live in fear for your whole life uh, I mean you got to continue you got to persevere and of overcome that fear and you can't be afraid are they going to go after this building next or are they going to go after this area next and it's the it was by far the most surrealistic moment i've ever had in my life watching the news that day all day and to watching the news and see those actual events that was not a movie and a lot of my customers that well, the very few that I had, because like I said earlier, a lot of them decided to stay home because they wanted their answers, so they s- stuck to the TV. And but a lot of my customers that came in that night, when the thoughts went from scared to rage, I took it upon myself to flip that and uh, go. Let's go over to the jukebox, play some music didn't matter. I mean, I didn't I didn't have everybody sit there hold hands and sing kumbaya or, you know, give peace a chance, anything like that. 
let's just take our minds off of it and take a deep breath. Doesn't matter what song gets played on the jukebox, just here's five bucks, play something. And, you know, everybody started to relax a little bit. And went back to our usual conversations. And, uh, but then towards the end of the night, uh, it was like, okay, I feel a little bit better. I feel a little bit more relaxed. But I'm worried about what's going to happen tomorrow. And right after that, I became scared too. It, this isn't the greatest story, I'm sure, for somebody's experience of September 11th. But it is my story. As a, as a viewed by a bartender. Uh, this bar, particular bartender, me, the dude, uh, probably handled it differently than most bartenders would. But the way I handled it seemed to make sense for where I was at. Um... I was watching a lot of TV after that because I was on a mission to try to find out, okay, why did this happen? Why did it have to happen? What justifies killing that many people? And I saw a lot of amazing things. Uh, a lot of celebrities running to blood banks as fast as they could. Robin Williams, I actually remember seeing him uh he rode his bike uh to a nearby blood bank and uh to give blood and i'm watching other news things and people are getting care packages together they're uh sending out water and food and supplies everything to all the people in need uh after the events of september 11th and I started sitting back thinking, yeah, okay, the world might make it because right now we are concentrating on trying to patch this horrible wound that we all share. And yes, honestly, some, some of it's worth, uh, worse than others, but you know, the huge sacrifice that had to be made were trying uh, the human were the people around me were trying to help fix it and that was a good feeling yeah there was that telethon that they had real quick that they threw together and got as many artists as they possibly could uh to just you know uh dial this number and we'll uh send it to the uh families and Everybody involved, uh, all the victims involved with September 11th. Yeah, okay. But when Paul McCartney got all those people together at uh, and for the concert for New York City, I didn't get to sit and watch it because I had to go to work that night, working at the newspaper. But I remember the who the most. Well... In my idea of music history, The Who has always, always beat out anybody else's performance. I mean, everybody remembers, everybody in the right generation remembers The Who at Woodstock more than they remember Sly and the Family Stone. 
everybody remembers the Who playing at the Rolling Stones Rock and Roll Circus than anybody remembers the Rolling Stones. But the Who showed up at the concert for New York City and played three or four uh, three or four songs. And I loved it where at the end of the show, I think it was Roger Daltrey that said it, at when they were done playing their four-song set, they said, there's no way we can beat what you guys did. And during their performance, it was like a big release that everybody needed. Because yeah, as they're playing Bob O'Reilly, and, and you just see all, all these people just screaming their hearts out and, you know, just feeling the music. And it was like cathartic. Uh, when you watch that footage, because uh, I bought the DV- DVD sometime later, but it was like cathartic for them. They needed that moment, and the Kennedy Center honors honored the Who for that because, uh, well, if you watch, get on YouTube and uh, if you watch the Kennedy Center honors the Who, when Rob Thomas is singing Bob O'Reilly. Uh, all of a sudden, on stage, is New York's finest on their s- screaming teenage wasteland, and it was a moving moment because it was uh, it was New York thanking the Who for coming and giving us that energy back to get back on our feet and uh, rejoin life because I felt that the country was going to go into a funk. And I didn't want to see my uh, my world. I didn't want to see my world scared to go anywhere. I didn't want to see my world worried about, uh, you know, uh, is it safe to get on an airplane anymore? Or is uh, should I have this job because it's prime for attack? I want wanted the people in the world that I live in Stand tall and be brave and be what they want to be. And that's kind of how it, the who made me feel. And yeah, so that uh, that's my part on this. Take, let's take another break right here for a little bit more music. Uh I played John Lennon's Imagine for you at the top of the show. And now at the other end of this show, uh, play another song by a hero of mine, Billy Joel. The song kind of takes a different meaning now than it did for the years and years I listened to it. But, uh, yeah, the meaning's changed a little bit now, 18 years later. So anyway, here's Billy Joel, New York State of Mind.
Some folks like to get away, take a holiday from the neighborhood. Hop a flight to Miami Beach or to Hollywood. But I'm taking a Greyhound on the Hudson River line. I'm in a New York state of mind. Cars and their limousines. Been high in the Rockies, under the Everglades. I know what I'm needing, and I don't wanna waste more time. I'm in a New York state of mind. So easy living day by day, out of touch with the rhythm and blues. But now I need a little give and take. The New York Times, the Daily News. Comes down to reality, and it's fine with me 'cause I've let it slide. But don't care if it's Chinatown or Rotten Riverside. I don't have any reason left them all behind. I'm in a New York state of mind. I'm in a New York. 
Now, usually in my show, I at the beginning of the show, I tell you how to make a drink or today's drink special. But I want to take a moment here and just tell every single one of you, all of my listeners, to just take a drink. Doesn't matter what it is. At some point in time, I want you to take a drink, hold it up in the air, and have a minute, and toast to the men in women, the people on the plane, people in the buildings, fire department, police department, normal everyday citizens. Take a drink, and right now, we'll hold one minute of silence in honor of them. Thank you, everybody, for listening to Hey Bartender Podcast. I know this show is a little bit off the rails for what I usually do, but I felt it was important to talk about bartender's point of view of what happened that night and that whole day. So instead of closing out the show the way I usually do, I'll close out the show by telling everybody that was affected, involved, with the events, with the tragedy of the events of September 11th, our minds, our thoughts, our prayers, our hearts, they're still with you. We have not forgotten, and we will never forget. Good night.
I love you more. 